Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. How's it going, Fuel for Life Nation? I hope you're doing well. I am so excited to introduce to you my friend, Tyler Vela, host of the Freed Thinker podcast. Tyler grew up in a non-religious home and during his high school and college years turned to naturalism. And then in college, after listening to his philosophy professor, he decided to study further this idea that there is a God. Shortly after that, Tyler was saved after listening to a sermon which explained the gospel in a clear and coherent manner. He is now an elder candidate at a local church in the LA area and is a frequent guest on many Christian and skeptical podcasts and forums. What you're about to listen to is our conversation that will cover a wide range of topics that relate to people who are atheists, agnostics, and generally speaking, those that deny the existence of God or simply do not follow Jesus. Tyler is a former atheist and he speaks with incredible conviction about him coming to faith and the fact that Jesus is Lord and that the God of the Bible ultimately exists. And so I know that you will be supremely blessed and challenged by these episodes, regardless of whether you're a faithful follower of Jesus, an ardent atheist, or a skeptic who's sitting on the fence wondering what this whole Christianity thing is all about. So let's dive right into the content. Why? would someone who lived their life always helping people and doing good still go to hell with Hitler? So essentially what this person is asking is they're juxtapositioning a person who, let's say, did a ton of philanthropic efforts in their life. They did a lot of good. They didn't really acknowledge God or anything. They weren't Christians. They weren't following Jesus. And they're going to end up with Hitler who killed millions millions of people. How is that fair? How is that normal? Yeah. Yeah. So this is, there. there's, this is what's called a failed internal critique. So an internal critique is an objection that says, okay, let's assume that your position is true. Um, and let's see if there's a contradiction or an inconsistency that rise. So this argument is say, okay, assuming that Christianity is true and people go to hell, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that good people, uh, you know, someone who's good, but doesn't believe in Jesus would go to hell. The reason why this is a failed internal critique is because it doesn't allow the entire robust Christian system in. It ignores aspects of it, right? So it ignores the aspect of what is sin, right? Because mm-hmm. does, just because someone helps people and they and they volunteer to soup kitchen, does that mean that they are sinless? No. It means they're right? good. It mean it, it means they're it means they're ethical. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean they they're they're in righteous standing before the holy God of creation. Right. Mm. So every person who is sinful and 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 part of that system is that the punishment for sin in 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 a perfect and righteous uh, cosmos is death. 
right? So within the system, there are components that are there. That is the wickedness of sin and the wages of sin are death in in uh, in the face of the of a holy and righteous judge. So the the question is just a bad question, right? right? No one goes undeservingly into hell. Wow. The problem is that we all deserve hell. That is why the gospel, that is why the good news of Jesus Christ is so beautiful. So can you give us an example of this kind of question phrased differently that would make people understand that this is not the right question to ask? Like what what would be an example? Kind of like what you did with the $1000 bill. Um yeah, uh what's a uh I don't know if I can think of a good analogy at the time because it it, it would be like asking, um, you know, when did that bachelor get married? Um, well, if you're assuming that he's a bachelor, mm-hmm. you've already assumed certain aspects of what it means to be a bachelor. Right. That means he's not married. So it makes the question a, a meaningless question um, because it doesn't make sense on what a bachelor is. So if we're saying, well, there is such a thing as, as hell and, and a God of judgment, um, asking why good people would go there um, already is leaving out part of the, the biblical message. Wow. So then the, the two follow-up questions to that, would, and, and this is a people ask me this all the time. The first one is that, what about people are like, well, what about, you know, people who've never heard the gospel? What mm-hmm. about those people? Um, that's a hard question, and there's there's division on this within Christianity. So, so Paul says in, in Romans 1 that God has revealed himself, uh, his, his, basically his, his uh, you know, omnipotence and righteous nature through what's called general revelation, through nature, so that everyone is without excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Every single person in creation uh, has the evidence and knows that there's a God. That's a controversial statement, but Paul says it in Romans, and if we hold the authority of Scripture, that's true. Um, so no one, no, one, um, no one sins unknowingly. We all know what sin is. Um, we all know that, that, that we, do, we, we act in ways that are less um, than holy, less than righteous. Now, the question is, what happens to that person who's never heard the gospel? Right. That one's hard because I want to say, well, um, you're, we're condemned um, because of our sin. Right? We're justly condemned because of our sin. If God doesn't redeem us, it's not that God is unjust. It's not that God is unfair, right? Because I am currently, uh, before my, before I, uh, you know, repented of and exercised faith in Jesus Christ, I deserved hell. Mm. Um, I still deserve hell apart from Jesus Christ, right. um, because I still sin. Right. Um, if someone has never heard the gospel, we have to be brutally honest that the, the, the scripture message is they still deserve hell. Um, so if God doesn't redeem them in some type of uh, special act of grace, um, then they they get what what is deserved by their sin. However, uh, Romans two also goes on to basically insinuate that God is going to judge us based on the light that we've received. Mm. Um, so it's possible that if someone um, would have uh, repented and believed in the gospel, if they are chosen by God before the foundations of the world in Jesus Christ, even though 
they're in a place that the gospel has not gone to yet. So let's say, you know, Native Americans, while Jesus was living in Jerusalem, the message hasn't even gone out yet. Um, how are they redeemed? Um, people like that, it might be possible that they're redeemed uh, still by the blood of Jesus Christ, still through the message of the gospel, but kind of in a counterfactual way where it would have been, they would have exercised faith had they believed it. Right. So it sounds like a lot of these questions, they're good questions, but not without great answers. And people just need to study more and educate themselves more on this. Yeah, I think there, are, there. I think there are a lot of really good answers, and I don't. I don't claim to have the best answers. Um, there are better answers than than what I can give here. There are there are much. There are people who articulate these much more clearly than I do. Um, but but I think there are really good answers to these. So questions. going along the same lines, people always say, "Well, why do good? Why do bad things happen to good people? Like why?" Uh, and, and again, there's this kind of like this meme, and it's just it's incredible how like. People are studying theology through memes. That's a whole different podcast altogether. But there's this meme where um, people, I think the meme says something like, why do do bad things happen to good people? And it said, uh, there was only, um, there was no good, there was no good people. And there was only one bad thing that happened to a good person. And that was Jesus. Like, if you, if you know what I'm talking about, I think I kind of messed it up, but it's like, nobody was good except one. And the bad thing happened to him was that Jesus died on the cross. And a lot of the Christians will, will be like, amen, amen, brother. Like, that's awesome. Like, you know, share that meme because it makes him feel like that's so true. Do you feel like that's, again, a caricature of Christianity? And how would you answer that? Um, I mean, technically, it's true. I mean, technically, right. um, the the only truly good, innocent person uh, who had something bad happen to him was Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Um, However, uh, that doesn't mean – so he, Jesus also said that when the Tower of Siloam fell on people, he said basically you can't draw a straight line between those people's sin and the bad thing that happened to them. Right. Um, Good. So, Good yep. so th- this is kind of an extrapolation of the problem of evil. Um and, and Chris Hitchens gives a, a kind of a, a pointed version of this. He says, look, I can't believe in a god who sits with arm folded looking down at Auschwitz. Right. Um, for for him, you know, why did the Holocaust happen is enough of an objection um, to God that, that he thinks God would, and would just then be, be. Before you go on to the next thing, which I think you're going to, I want to add one more item to this whole thing is that very similar to what you just said, people will say, you know, think like people will pray or they'll post something on Facebook and they'll say, you know, thank God that he saved my daughter from a, a, a car accident and she didn't pass away. And yeah. if somebody who's an atheist or agnostic will say, oh, so God didn't save this other people that died? Oh, right. okay. I guess God forgot to save this person that did end up dying in the car accident. Right, right. The the problem of evil is hard. There's lots of there's lots of philosophical issues. There's lots of emotional, personal issues. There's there's lots of problems. But the real answer is that God didn't sit, you know, arms folded above uh, Dachau and Auschwitz and Buchenwald. I mean, uh, Christ was present in the death camps. Christ was present wow, so um, in, in the gas chamber. I mean, Christ Christ was present in all those things. That's what um, his work of redemption, that's what the incarnation was. He took upon all sin for all humanity uh, of all time. I mean, that, that, that's what the gospel is. He took on sin and punishment so that we wouldn't have to, and he endured what we endured. I mean, uh, we, we have to realize that when Hitler was persecuting the Jews, he was persecuting Christ. Um, 
And so it, it's not that God sat there with arms folded. God came into creation to redeem these situations. We're just living through them. And it's not that God isn't doing anything. It's just it hasn't come to fruition yet. It's kind of the impatient request, really. Right. Um, there, there is a time where God will set all things right at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The other problem, the parallel problem that I'm going to pose is that on naturalism, uh, no one is looking on. Wow. Um, there, there, uh, Primo Levi in his book um, uh, about his experience in, in, in the death camps, he tells a story. He says that he was basically starving of thirst and there was an icicle that he was reaching for and it broke off. He's reaching for it. And, uh, uh, you know, an SS guard comes over and breaks it into the puddle under his boot. Uh, and Primo Levi, um, you know, looks up and says, Vorum, why? Mm. And the SSS guard answers, um, here es Novorum. Right here, there is no why. Wow. Right. The the and that's the that's actually the scariest position that that in our cosmos, in our creation, that there could be no why. There could be no there could be no justice. There could be no redemption. There could be no forgiveness. And that's what naturalism. That's what atheism offers us. That's the world that we're living in. Here, there is no why. We just suffer. Ours is but to do or die. Right. That that's it. That that's all there is. Um, at least on Christianity, there's there's hope, there's promise, there's forgiveness, there's deliverance. Wow, so good. So then, uh, so then when we when we talk about this kind of thing, a lot of people, and maybe this is wrong theology or wrong cultural upbringing or family upbringing. A lot of people think this whole problem of evil. A lot of people think that uh, if something bad happened to them in their life. Like let's say somebody dies from cancer in their family, uh, a car fatal car accident, just catastrophes, very sad catastrophes that happen. People th- sometimes think, well, it's probably because of something I did, like some right. sin in their life, and God is punishing them. Right. It's a deficient view of God. That's a view of God as Zeus. Wow. That I mean that that really is a pagan concept of God, right? Wow. That is not the God of the Bible. Um, you you're you're not you know just kind of abstractly punished in this life. Now that doesn't mean there are not natural consequences of sin. That doesn't right. mean that God does not allow natural consequences of sin. If someone is out sleeping around, they're sleeping with prostitutes. The natural consequence of their sin might be impregnation. It might be you know STIs. Uh, it might be uh, ruined relationships with spouses and friends right. and family. I mean there are natural consequences to your sin. But it's not that God is up there with his lightning bolt saying, oh, well, you know, you were bad last year, so this year I'm going to punish you for it. Um, We have to remember that the punishment for our sin um, is either poured out to us in God's wrath in judgment uh, or is poured out for for us on Jesus Christ, that he takes on the punishment for us. So as a Christian, God is not punishing me for my sin because Christ had already dealed. He was already the propitiation. He had already turned away the wrath of God on the cross. So good. So then um, it, all of these things that we're talking about, we, we agree to that. We understand that. And that's because the Bible is the foundation for what we believe. So then what would you say to people who, like the example you had earlier where you said this person saying there's so many thousands of errors in the New Testament and people are asking, and a lot of uh, my questions that uh, people submitted through social media, uh, they said, how can... Um, how can you avoid the clear, they're talking about you who used, used to be an atheist, now you're following Jesus. How can you avoid the clear evidence that the Bible is a work of man and not divinely inspired? 
Yeah, so I, I, I would just ask them what that clear evidence is. I mean, I, I don't think that there's clear evidence of that. Although, what, I'm, what I am going to say is that historically, the orthodox position, uh, and this might sound weird, is that the Bible is a work of man. Um, the, at no point in, in, in church history has, has the church ever viewed the Bible as not being God's revelation de- delivered through human instruments. Mm. Uh, P- uh, Paul has his own writing style. Peter has his own writing style. Matthew had different themes that he was trying to get across than Luke. Uh, so the the Bible is a work uh, of of men, um, but that doesn't mean that it's not divinely inspired. That doesn't mean that God, by His Holy Spirit, is not leading and guiding those authors into uh, inspired truth as He'd like to say it um, and like to present it to His people. So uh, I would just wonder what they mean by clear evidence if they mean something like what Bar Ehrman says, where he says there's four hundred thousand errors. Um, well, then a simple study of textual criticism would would solve that. It would say, well, you know, ninety nine percent of those errors, quote unquote errors aren't errors, they're variations between one manuscript and another. And if one manuscript varies from 10 other manuscripts, but it varies in the same way as those to those 10, that's counted as 10. Um, and that all like those 99% are spelling errors, wow. um, are word, are, are word order errors, which if you study Greek or Hebrew word order is, does not matter like it does in English. Right. Um, and so they're really, um, they're, they're errors that you couldn't even translate into English. Wow. Um, so, so the, the, when you hear something like that, if you're, you know, if you haven't studied this and you hear there are more errors in your New Testament than there are words, that's going to throw you off. Right. But just a simple study of it shows you that that statement is ridiculous. Right. So what would you say to this? Because this is something um, I heard recently, and th- th- it's funny because it's we know more about it because we're both in Southern California. Um, so we had this whole situation with um, uh, Chris Jenner turning into Caitlyn Jenner, mm-hmm. and uh, basically uh, he he she I'm not sure how to say it, um, but let's say he he has a reality TV show. And on there, they brought in a uh, a Baptist uh, pastor, a, a woman who was a Baptist pastor. And okay, that's fine, I guess, or not, depending on what denomination you're coming from. But she wasn't the type of pastor that w- you and I would call uh, evangelical. And she was basically trying to explain to uh, to Caitlin or to Chris, however you want to call, that... Uh, she was saying that like, you know what? Um, it's true. A lot of Christians don't agree to what you did and it's wrong and everything else. But she said, you know what? Uh, Joseph in the old Testament had clothing that was created for him by his father. And this clothing was multicolored, a rainbow colored. And so she's, she's essentially saying a fingerprints of transgenders and LGBT community is all across the Old Testament. It's just that we don't talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that's terrible hermeneutics. Uh, that's but just not it, what that... Millions of people heard that that night, yeah. and yeah, they it... thought, how judgmental of my pastor. Yeah, uh, a, a robe of many different colors, by the way, um, is not a rainbow robe. It's probably different types of skins <laughs> sewn 
together. Um, they different types of linens and and, and stuff like that um, has nothing to do uh, with with the the transgender issue. By the way, the rainbow only was attached to um, kind of the LGBT movement uh, over the past couple of decades, so it could never have meant that um, back then. It's just it's just bad. Um, it's just bad history, but but this is where so this is where I strongly challenge a lot of my fellow Christians um, on both sides. I fundamentally disagree that uh, that um, with the kind of open and affirming um, church system that's going to say, well, you know, homosexual behavior, um, transgender, those are things that that God is um, pleased with and happy with. Mm. Um, I think that's very clear in scripture that that's not the case. Mm. However, at the same time, um, I have a major problem with how the church treats it like it's some type of extra horrible thing that could keep someone from Jesus Christ. Um, if someone, if someone is, um, is a homosexual or someone is struggling uh, with homosexuality or has engaged in homosexual behavior or is going through transgender or whatever, that is someone who is, is broken in sin. That's someone that we should, we should love and that we should care for. We should share the gospel with. Yes, we should call them to repentance and faith, but, but the savior that I know, the Jesus that I know, um, it covers all sins, covers over multitudes so of sins. So um, I mean, Paul tells us that, that you know, adultery, I mean, there's that paradox over and over again. He says that the adulterer shall not inherit the, the kingdom of heaven. But to the Corinthians, when he's talking about adultery, he says, and so were some of you. Right. Right. If you're dead in your sins and your trespasses, yes, you won't, you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. But if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and you repent of your sins um, and you're in the process of sanctification, you're a brother in Jesus Christ. Wow, so uh, if, good. If, 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 you know, now, if I, if I have a friend who's a homosexual that's committed their life to Jesus Christ and they're not, they're not practicing celibacy and they're still engaging in homosexual behavior, I'm going to call them to repentance mm. and to faith. And I'm going to say you're living outside uh, of, of the plans that your Savior has for you. But I'm not going to say, look, you are too sinful and dirty to, you know, oh, you, you're, you're to, to come into church and to hear right. the gospel and to be saved. Well, all right, Fuel for Life Nation, thank you for listening to this content. I hope you enjoyed it. If you found it helpful, please share it with your social network. And for more information about Tyler, and to listen to his incredible podcast, please visit freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by his message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.